We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome, everybody, into the 2022 Setting the Pace NBA Mock Draft. I'm your host, Alex Golden. I'm joined today by draft analyst Michael J. Fachi. Fachi, how are you doing? Oof, I'm excited. The draft, one of the best times of the year. And, hey, we are about to find some new landing spots for some of the best talent coming into the league. Absolutely. And in this exercise, we have 12 different podcast hosts joining us to make these selections. So right now, the Orlando Magic are officially on the clock. Fachi, where do you think the Magic go here? I mean, after drafting Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner last year, I think that the the Magic have to go for a big multiple mock drafts or pretty much anywhere you see has it between Jabari Smith Jr. and Chet Holmgren over here. So I'm going between those. I know it might not be, uh, you know, maybe too revealing, but I'm torn on this. Jonathan Gavoni from ESPN has them mocked to take Jabari Smith Jr. There seems to be a lot of rumblings out there that that is going to be the pick. However, some people, some people believe this is a smokescreen. Could they go the alternate decision and take Chet Holmgren here? They very well could. There's a lot to like about Chet. There's questions on maybe both prospects' frame. However, you know there is a lot to like with either prospect over here. I think whoever the Magic get at number one, they're going to be quite happy with. Absolutely. Well, the pick is officially in. Let's hear what the Magic do with pick number one. With the first pick in the 2022 NBA Draft, the Orlando Magic are selecting Chet Holmgren, the center positionless guy from Gonzaga. For the year, he averaged 14 points and 10 rebounds, 2 assists, over 3.5 blocks, didn't turn the ball over much. Orlando, with this pick, is getting a very versatile player that could be the generational talent they have been looking for to get them over the hump of mediocrity that they've been flirting with for the last 10 years this pick is really going to be a game changer. And it, while it is a center in a crowded roster, it allows them to efficiently move off of some of the extra pieces that are floating around. And then even if the Magic do win the lottery next year with Victor Wembanyama being the top pick, these two players can coexist. It's the best of both worlds for the Orlando Magic. Okay, Vachi, there it is. Chet Holmgren, the first pick overall for the Orlando Magic. What are your thoughts on that pick? Hey, a lot of upside. There's a lot to like with Chet. I think as he continues to, you know, fill out his frame a bit, the sky is the limit for Chet and this Orlando Magic team. They got a great young core. I think he fits in nicely at that, you know, power forward center position. Oh, absolutely. I think that this is a good pick for the Orlando Magic. Like we said before, this wasn't somebody we wanted for the Indiana Pacers, obviously, as Pacer fans that we are. But I think Chet makes a lot of sense going to Orlando. So now let's pivot to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They are on the clock. Jacob Niffin from the Uncontested Podcast will be making this pick. What are your thoughts on who the Oklahoma City Thunder should take here? We've heard a little bit of rumblings that they could be interested in Jaden Ivey. Feels a little bit maybe too early to pick Ivey in this draft, especially after going Josh Giddy and having Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So I think with Jabari Smith falling from pick one, I think Smith is probably what my gut tells me right over here, but Paul Bancaro should be in the running as well. Absolutely. So um, I think for me, I prefer Paolo Boncaro to Jabari Smith based on my big board here, Fachi, but I really like Jabari Smith Jr. Defensively, I think he could fit in well with Gideon SGA. I I like his fit there too. So this is a tough one here, but the pick is in. Let's just see the Oklahoma City Thunder select. 
With the number two overall pick in the 2022 NBA draft, the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to select Jabari Smith Jr., a forward out of Auburn University. Our first preference here was Chet Holmgren, but seeing him go number one overall, we will take Jabari Smith and not consider it a consolidation prize. Jabari's shooting, both spot up, off one or two dribbles, coming off screens, off pin downs. While it showed bright flashes at Auburn University, he was also playing with not the best guards in the world. You put him on this Oklahoma City Thunder team where his deficiencies are masked. His deficiencies being his ability to get downhill and create his own shot. When you put him next to guys like Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Josh Giddy, he should find open jump shots all game long. Those two guards are going to set him up beautifully, draw the attention inside, and Jabari should be able to feast outside. Also being one of the younger guys in this draft, he has a long runway to grow during this Oklahoma City Thunder rebuild. All right, with the second pick, the Oklahoma City Thunder take Jabari Smith Jr. What are your thoughts, Fletch? I think it's a home run pick. I think at two, look, OKC's got a bunch of talented guards over there, Giddy and Gilgis Alexander. I think that this was the time that you look for a big, I think Jabari Smith Jr. could have gone first overall. Getting him at two, great pick. Absolutely. So the Houston Rockets are on the clock now. Obviously, people have pretty much mocked them. Paulo Boncaro, everywhere you look. Is there any chance anybody else could come in here and surprise you and be this pick for the Houston Rockets? I really don't think so. I think it would stun everybody if they picked Jaden Ivey after, you know, drafting Jalen Green last year. Um, I, and Keegan Murray, it feels a little too early. It just, my gut tells me Paulo is the guy at three. It feels like the most known thing out there. Yeah, it does seem like the most known thing there. There was obviously some buzz around maybe the Thunder liking Jaden Ivey. I think it would be interesting to see Jaden Ivey and Jalen Green in the backcourt together. I think that could be a really fun athletic duo, probably the most athletic duo in the entire NBA. But that would be something that would interest you, though, if you're a Rockets fan. I mean, how could you not be interested in that? Those are two really talented guards. And look, you know I have a soft spot for Kevin Porter Jr., but I don't think anyone's really sold on him to the max. So, hey, you pair Ivy with Jalen Green, you got something going on. All right, Fachi, the pick is in for the Rockets. Let's see who they take with the third overall pick. With the third overall pick in the NBA draft, the Houston Rockets select Paolo Bancaro out of Duke University. Look, the Houston Rockets find themselves in the fortuitous position to be one of the few bottom feeder NBA teams that's going to walk away with back-to-back -back tier one prospects from last year's draft with selecting Jalen Green, number two overall, and then this year's draft, whoever they pick at number three overall, whoever falls to them after the first two selections on the board by the Orlando Magic and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Maybe it goes chalk and it winds up like this with Paolo Bencaro at three. Maybe one of the other two prospects falls down. It doesn't matter. Whoever is there at pick number three of the three big man prospects is an absolute win for this Houston Rockets team. And specifically with Paolo Bencaro, he has an exciting blend of skill athleticism and size that is hard to find at the NBA level. The one question mark with him is how does that outside shot pan out at the NBA level? Can he get to a place where he is a passable NBA defender? But this is an absolute slam dunk of a pick for the Houston Rockets to make at number three. Okay, no shocker there. The Houston Rockets select Paolo Boncaro forward from Duke, a guy that I have number one on my big board. I like this pick for Houston because they got, to me, the best player in the draft, but I don't like his fit there. I'm just a little bit concerned about what's going to happen there in Houston. Yeah, man, I really don't know. I, I've said before, I think he's the most NBA-ready player, so I, I like to think that it'll work out, but I don't know if the Rockets are going to be winning anytime soon. But I do like the pick a lot, so, hey, we got to give this team a couple of years to let them figure it out. Yeah, I'm really interested to see what kind of steps Jalen Green takes here for the Houston Rockets. And obviously having a forward like Paulo Banquero, a guy that can create, a guy that can score from, you know, three different levels on the floor. I think that this is a nice person to pair with him. I really just hope KPJ doesn't get in the way. And we'll see what they do here with Christian Wood in the offseason. Obviously, we have not crossed that bridge yet. So now the Sacramento Kings, who jumped up in the lottery to number four, they were previously at seven. They are on the clock now, Fachi. This is a tough spot for the Sacramento Kings because they already have two starting guards that traded away Tyrese Halliburton to the Indiana Pacers uh, during, the, during the regular season before the trade deadline. So here they have Davion Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox starting. Jaden Ivey, clearly the best player on the board here, but do they go this way or do they go somewhere else? 
not even a psychic could tell you what the Sacramento Kings are going to do in the draft. <laughs> it, it always seems to be a little all over the place. Look, they do have that hole at the guard position. I guess you could call it after trading Tyrese Halliburton. I think Ivy would be a great fit over here, but we've heard rumblings of Keegan Murray over here alongside yeah. DeMontis Sabonis. And then you never know if even Shaden Sharp could be in the running over there. So it, it's interesting. Man, I really feel like in my gut, it's between Ivy and Murray at pick four. Yeah, and when the Kings were projected at seven, a lot of people had them taking A.J. Griffin. Is there any chance you see them maybe swinging on a guy like A.J. Griffin and taking him at four? I can't rule it out. Honestly, I read a mock draft just days ago from CBS that had A.J. Griffin going four to the hmm. Kings. It is as early in the draft as I've seen Griffin. Never put it past Sacramento. All right, well, the pick is in. Let's see who the Kings select here with the fourth overall pick. With the fourth pick... In the 2020 NBA draft, the Sacramento Kings select Jaden Ivey, guard from Purdue. You know, in this situation, I, I think Sacramento would be really glad if any of the top three were to fall them, uh, Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, or Paulo Bancaro. But sitting there at four, to me, Jaden Ivey is too good of a talent to pass up on. I understand the fit having some questions with him and De'Aaron Fox as the backcourt pairing. I actually think offensively, that that duo does make sense um they both would probably need to shoot a little bit better or reach their high percentage outcomes when it comes to shooting the ball but the idea of Sabonis getting a board and his two outlet options being Jaden Ivey and De'Aaron Fox is quite the intrigue and the athleticism and upside of Jaden Ivey is simply too high to pass on at this point for the Sacramento Kings Jaden Ivey going to the Sacramento Kings I think he will help them it'll be interesting to see how he pairs there with the uh, Davion Mitchell and De'Aaron Fox it really will be. I mean, the, the Kings love themselves, a, a three-guard trio over here. I, I think they didn't give the last group enough time together. I, I do think Ivy can start while Davion Mitchell can come off the bench. I think he's more of a complimentary player rather than Ivy and Fox. So I kind of like what Sacramento has going on there after adding Sabonis uh, at the trade deadline. Yeah, I think Ivy and Sabonis could be really fun to watch. And obviously, De'Aaron Fox, once Tyrese Halliburton was traded, he did play much better. But do you think Ivy and Fox can coexist, or do you think there's a possibility that the Kings once again look to possibly move De'Aaron Fox in the offseason and allow Jaden Ivy and Davion Mitchell to kind of run the backfield? It definitely creates the option to move Fox, but for a team that hasn't made the playoffs in 16 years, are you really going to go and trade? Yeah most likely your best player. So yeah. it just feels like it's a tough spot to be in. I think they want to make this three guard approach work. And I think they're going to at least give it another, a full year to figure it out. Yeah. The Kings will have a busy offseason as they want to make the playoffs. And I think Jaden Ivey is good enough to help them win to a certain degree. Now, but let's talk about the Detroit Pistons. They are on the clock here right now. Fachi with the fifth overall pick. Where do you think the Pistons go now that Jaden Ivey is off the board? If Ivy was there, I do think Ivy would have been the pick at five to pair him with Cade Cunningham. Now that Ivy's not there, I think you got to be strongly considering Keegan Murray over here. I think that that's someone that makes a lot of sense based off what they have, but also Shaden Sharp should yeah. be in the running. This is a this would be a great pick for Detroit over here. Yeah, I mean Shaden Sharp. This is a guy that I originally had on my big board higher than Jaden Ivey. Now that's been adjusted since I've looked at everything. I've heard Sharp talk. I've seen the, the workouts overall. And I just, I feel like Ivy is just a little bit more of a sure thing than Shaden Sharp, but with them off the board, you know, the, the Pistons got the number one pick in the draft last year and Kate Cunningham, they have Sadiq Bay as well. This is a team that's really fun to watch and they're growing. So does a safe pick here in a sense, like Keegan Murray, a guy that can fill that wing position, you know, with Sadiq Bay, I think those two together could be really fun, make more sense than going out and getting this, guy like Shaden Sharp who could really be that difference maker? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's a tough spot to be in. I would not blame Detroit for taking a swing at the fences with Shaden Sharp. You're not a premier, you know, free agent destination. Sharp, Cade Cunningham, both very young. They could be paired together for years to come. All right, Fachi, well, the pick is in. Let's see who the Detroit Pistons take with the fifth overall pick. With the fifth pick in the 2022 NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons select Keegan Murray, forward from Iowa. Murray was, frankly, a ridiculously productive college player, scoring 23 points a game efficiently as the focal point of one of the best offenses in the country. 
I think a lot of people are underplaying Murray's upside, despite the fact that he will be 22 years old when the season rolls around. Last season was the first one where he got to be the guy on a team, and the results were inarguable. If he can eventually replicate the production he had in college as a pro, he has star upside for a Pistons organization that values work ethic and feel for the game more highly than other front offices. This isn't the sexiest pick for the Pistons, but the Pistons have never been good and sexy at the same time. Troy Weaver is looking to restore Detroit to its winning ways, and I think Keegan Murray does the best job of accomplishing that. All right, no surprise there. Keegan Murray off the board. So now the Indiana Pacers are on the clock. Michael J. Focci is representing the Indiana Pacers in this mock draft. So he is in the green room now deliberating on what they should do. And now this is a tough one because we just saw on ESPN, Dyson Daniels from the G League was projected to the Indiana Pacers at six. A lot of people say Shaden Sharp, but another fan favorite is Benedict Matherin. You guys have asked a lot of these questions. So I'm not sure which direction we should go here. Personally, I think Sharp has the highest potential out of all three of these players, but I can see why the Pacers might be a little bit nervous gambling on Sharp, seeing this is their first time to have this high of a pick since 1989. So with that being said, uh, let's let's see what Fachi does here for the Indiana Pacers because the Indiana Pacers, the pick is now in. With the sixth overall pick, the Indiana Pacers select Benedict Matherin, shooting guard out of the University of Arizona. The reason why the Pacers select Benedict Matherin out of Arizona is you're getting a guy that has experience. He's a sophomore coming out, averaged just under 18 points per game. He showed that he can rebound at nearly six rebounds per game. He can shoot the three-point ball at a great clip at just about 37%. Over here, I think this is a guy who showed that he could play both sides of the ball. He can contribute right away. He's saying all the right things. He's looking great in, in his workouts. I think this is someone that is going to translate as an NBA player at, at a really great efficient level, which is hard to find right now, but also love the pairing alongside Tyrese Halliburton and the ability to play last year's first round pick, Chris Duarte at the three, while still also having Isaiah Jackson, Miles Turner. I think you're rounding out a great starting five for the Indiana Pacers. Okay, there it is. Benedict Matherin, guard from Arizona, mock to your Indiana Pacers, Fachi. Why Benedict Matherin over Shaden Sharp? I think right over over here, we're talking about a guy that feels like wants to be in Indiana. Kevin Pritchard made a point to say this guy has to want to be here. Pacers have been burned before with, you know, your Paul Georges, your Victor Oladipos. Benedict Matherin is a very talented player with two-way potential. And I think that there's more answers and less questions compared to a guy like Shaden Sharp. where the, The upside is through the roof, but I got too many questions. Yeah, no, I understand that. I think if it was me making this pick, I would have had a hard time passing on Shaden Sharp. But I love what I've seen from Benedict Matherin in these workouts, what I saw from him in Arizona in year two. You know, there's been a lot of comparisons to, you know, Victor Oladipo, Anthony Edwards. So we'll see if he can even reach those levels of players. But I like this pick for the Pacers, and I think he can fit really well next to Tyrese Halliburton. So excited about this pick. But now let's move on. The Portland Trailblazers are on the clock. What do you think they do here? Man, they got a lot of holes to fill. This is a team that, look, they got a lot of money enough to spend this offseason. You still have Damian Lillard. And then, other than that, Anthony Simons, really talented player. Then it's completely open. They got to fill this roster, and you need to fill it with some scoring right now. Mm -hmm. So I think at this point, Dyson Daniels is a guy that really could be in the running. But also, what about A.J. Griffin? He's a small forward. They have a need at small forward. I feel like this is someone that was an elite three-point shooter in college. You know, I'd be interested to see, you know, if Griffin is, is going to Portland here. Yeah, I think Griffin makes a lot of sense here for the Blazers, but at the same time, can Portland right now, where they're at, pass on a guy like Shaden Sharp? It's hard, but you got to appease Dame. So, hey, are you ready to win now, or are you going to get the best available player? That is the question Portland needs to decide. All right, well, we'll see what the Portland Trail Blazers do. The pick is in. We will see what the Blazers pick with the seventh overall pick. with the number seven pick in the 2022 NBA draft. I have the Blazers taking Shadon Sharp. Uh, Commit to Kentucky, did not play last year. Uh, Tremendous amount of upside. 
but just very minimal exposure at this point. I'll be honest, um, when the pick got to me at number seven, I would have traded it if possible, but that is not a part of this exercise. The Blazers seem intent on building around Damian Lillard. Unfortunately, at this draft spot, there's not a lot of players that look prepared to step into this spot after falling out of the top three in the lottery. The Blazers are probably hoping a player like Keegan Murray falls to them at seven if they are going to use that pick. Um, but with those options off the board, Sharp offers the most long-term upside at this spot, I believe, and a future backcourt built around Anthony Simons and Shadon Sharp it is nothing to shy away from. But again, I would expect the Blazers to work very hard to work out a trade with this number seven pick. The Portland Trailblazers go with the best player available. Shaden Sharp is the pick. What are your thoughts on them taking the upside guy over maybe somebody that can help them right away? Can't say I'm shocked with taking the best player available. I just want to know Damian Lillard's thoughts on this because this is a guy that's talked about being as loyal as they come, but make no mistake, he wants to win and wants to win now. He might be wondering when is Shaden Sharp going to be available to play meaningful NBA minutes. A guy like A.J. Griffin might be more NBA ready right now. I don't blame them for the high upside on Sharp, but curious to see if Shaden Sharp remains a Portland Trailblazer. Yeah, I think that's something to keep an eye on here because I think a lot of teams will have their interest in Shaden Sharp. So maybe the Blazers take this and say, look, let's see what we can get trade offer wise and maybe trade this later in the draft. But with that being said, Fachi, now the New Orleans Pelicans are on the clock with the eighth pick. They made some pretty big moves this year going after CJ McCollum. Hopefully Zion Williamson will come back. They've already got Brandon Ingram, Jonas Valanciunas. And then, of course, Herb Jones last year was just a, a huge surprise for him and Alvarado as well. So where do they go? Because they seem like they have a pretty good core intact. You know, I, I like this team better when they had Lonzo Ball. They went for, you know, Devontae Graham, traded a first-round pick. I don't think that move really worked out. I think if they could get another guard to potentially pair alongside C.J. McCollum, I think it could do them wonders. But at the same point, you're, you're looking at A.J. Griffin over here. There, there's great value. So in my mind, it's got to be between – maybe Dyson Daniels and A.J. Griffin over here for who the Pelicans should go with. Yeah, I mean, I think if there was a point guard that was, like, really enticing in this draft, maybe like a Ty Ty, yeah, like Ty Ty Washington might be, like, the best point guard that's available, and we'll see where he gets picked at if he even gets picked in the lottery. So I think taking him at eight would be way too early of a, of a reach there. Agreed. So the Pelicans here, I think they just got to go upside. I think A.J. Griffin makes a ton of sense with them. Johnny Davis, another guy that I think could make some sense, really good defensive player, could come off the bench. But what about a guy like maybe Jeremy Sohan uh, from Baylor? Like, uh, they could really use some insurance in case Zion Williamson is hurt once again. Get a guy in there that can at least be super defensive-minded. I wouldn't hate the pick because we're starting to get to that territory where it's not the biggest reach by any means. But I, I think that right over here, if you can get another guard or small forwards, and I know, I know Sohan can play three, four, but, man – it's going to be tough to pass on a guy like Dyson Daniels, who's rumored to the Pacers at six, but then also A.J. Griffin right now, he, he's falling a bit. Yeah, well, well, let's see. The Pelicans, the pick is in. We'll see who they take here with the eighth overall pick. With the eighth pick in the 2022 NBA draft, the New Orleans Pelicans select Dyson Daniels of the NBA G League Elite. The Pelicans are a team on the rise, coming off of a season where they climbed out of a 3-16 and hole to make the playoffs and then push the Phoenix Suns to six games, and they did that all without Zion Williamson. New Orleans already has 14 players under contract for next season. And in last year's draft, they picked up three rookies who all became major contributors. They have four potential 20-point scorers in Williamson, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, and Jonas Valanciunas. The Pels are young, hungry, and talented. And due to the ineptitude of the Los Angeles Lakers, they're adding a lottery pick to that group. So why Dyson Daniels? Look, it's pretty simple. Unlike most lottery teams, the Pelicans aren't looking for someone to play major minutes or take on a huge load in year one. They need a player who can come in and contribute in multiple ways and at multiple positions. Daniels checks all the boxes. At 6'8", he can play three, possibly four positions. He passes, he scores, he defends, and he rebounds. He has vision, basketball IQ, and he comes into the league with professional and international experience. Willie Green is building a culture in New Orleans. If a player as talented as Daniels is on the board at eight, there's no better fit for that culture. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Dyson Daniels goes eighth overall to the New Orleans Pelicans. Fachi, your guy, A.J. Griffin, still there on the board. Are you shocked that he's still here at nine? Hey, I'll do a little bit, but, you know, the late, great Tom Petty once said free falling. You know, so right now, I mean, he is free falling. We'll see where he goes. But, you know, with the, with the Spurs on the clock, this is very interesting because – the Spurs are in this, this territory they're not used to being in, but they've picked up some nice young talent lately, but we're wondering when they're really going to put it all together. Yeah, could, could they go Jalen Duren here, a center? This is a guy that I've seen projected to go to the Spurs quite a bit. I think he makes a lot of sense. Obviously, Aka Pearl is a guy they have there starting now, but what's his long-term future? And Jalen Duren, I mean, this guy has an NBA-ready body. I mean, if you're talking about just how, how strong he is, how athletic he is. I feel like Jalen Duren can make some sense here for the San Antonio Spurs. Wouldn't hate the pick at all. I strongly feel that Duren is going to be a better pro than he was in college. Hey, just one year at Memphis to try and figure it out. One of the top recruits in the nation. I don't think that he's happy with the year that he had, but I do think his game translates to the next level. Jakob Pertl, which you mentioned, good player, but I don't think that San Antonio is married to him by any chance. Absolutely. So before we get to that pick, I guess I should ask you a little bit more about Dyson Daniels here with the New Orleans Pelicans. What do you like about his fit? Hey, Dyson Daniels from the G League. I mean, look, I think that he's going to be really good on the next level. And like I said, we've heard him rumored to Indiana recently. But you know what? This is someone that I I think is a a playmaker, averaged four four and a half assists in the G League in just his first year. I think he's only going to get better from that standpoint. Pretty good rebounder. Averaged yeah. over six rebounds as a guard in the G League. And look, he's playing against professional talent. So I think while he didn't play college basketball, I think that, you know, there's a lot to be intrigued about him. Also has a six ten and a half wingspan. Mm-hmm. Also, we can't sell him short as a shooting guard. Six seven and a half. I like it. Yeah, and he shot really well at the pro day, too. So, I mean, Dyson Daniels there rising up the draft boards. Good for Dyson Daniels, good for the Pelicans. Okay, the San Antonio Spurs, the pick is in. Let's see who they take here with number nine. What's going on? This is Dylan Hunter-Carter picking ninth overall for the San Antonio Spurs. And with that selection, I have them taking A.J. Griffin, a 6'6 wing from Duke with a 7-foot wingspan. Now, at just 18 years old, Griffin is one of the best shooters in college basketball. He got his shots in a variety of ways. He can shoot off the dribble. He's a great catch-and-shoot guy. He's shown some versatility in that range, and San Antonio needs some shooters. They've been one of the lower volume but higher efficiency teams in the past, and they need to get back there to get back to winning. Uh, Now, Griffin also brings excellent physicality and fearlessness on the wing that San Antonio desperately needs. 
So getting Griffin will be more of an upside pick. He's someone who can help them in the long term while also filling a role pretty soon. They can bring him along at his own pace. Maybe he'll play in the G League or fit in a role pretty early on where he can just shoot the ball, play defense, and kind of get used to the NBA playing style. So that's going to be the most important thing, I think, for the Spurs and also for Griffin's development. He needs a team that'll put him on a clear developmental track, and there's no one that does that like San Antonio. So I think this would be a great fit for both parties. And finally, A.J. Griffin off the board there at nine. What do you think about his fit to the Spurs? Love the pick right over there. I think you're getting great value, but you're also being able to pair, you know, A.J. Griffin with your, your Keldon Johnsons, your DeJounte Murrays, Devin Vassell. Like, you got a lot of now you're, you're filling out your roster with very promising young talent. Love the pick at nine. Yeah, I really like this pick too, obviously. They could have gone Jalen Duran here. It would make a little bit more sense to me in terms of, like, position of need. But at this point, San Antonio, they've been drafting some young players. They've got some good hits there. They've had a few misses, I would say, but like not terrible misses. So A.J. Griffin, I think he's a guy that makes a lot of sense here with the Spurs. And I think the biggest thing why A.J. Griffin might have fell all the way to nine is just some of that concerning problem with his injury history in high school. I think that's something the Spurs can, can pretty much just handle very well because they've already dealt with a lot of injuries throughout their career, obviously, with players in San Antonio's system. Kawhi Leonard was a big one that dealt with numerous injuries for him. So I, I think that getting A.J. Griffin, they're not worried about the injuries and they can just take the best player available on the board and, and hope to add more young talent to this team that's uprising. Yeah, it's, it's a great point. Look, they kept Manu and Duncan, you know, playing until just about their 40s. So I think they can manage a, a young player right now. So I, I, I'm in favor of this pick. All right. So now this is an interesting team coming up here. The Washington Wizards in your backyard there, Fachi. 10th overall pick. What do they do here? A lot of questions. They need to make something happen quick. Bradley Beal is not happy in D.C. You got to surround him with some talent. Look, bringing in Porzingis, that's not enough for them. So you're going to need some scoring over here. So, you know, I'm taking a look at, man, a guy like Johnny Davis definitely intrigues me. I, I think I can't sell myself on uh, Ty Ty Washington here. I think it would be mm -hmm. a little bit too much of a reach. And, you know, after Porzingis came in, Jalen Duran, I don't really know. A guy like Terry Eason, honestly, if it's not too early, I think could make a lot of sense in Washington. Yeah, what about Malachi Branham from, from Ohio State? This is a guy that I don't think people project to go 10th overall, but he can play some point guard. I think he's a really – he took on a bigger load for Ohio State this year towards the end of the season. Somebody that I think could fit in well. Obviously, we know Washington. They, they got Ruby Hachimura. They got Denny Avdia. A couple of years ago, they got Corey Kispert last year. Um, they got Isaiah Todd as well with the Pacers. They made a trade there in a 16 deal that sent Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. They got Isaiah Todd with the 31st overall pick. So they've got a lot of front court depth. I think they need to add to the backward here, but we'll see what they do here. Fachi, the pick is in. Let's see who the Wizards take with the 10th overall pick. The Washington Wizards select the Ochai Akbaji. The reason why I went with Ochai Akbaji out of Kansas with the 10th overall pick for the Wizards was because of what he brings to that team on both ends of the floor. He can shoot the lights out, shot above 40% from three-point range last year. Also, he can get buckets, let the Big 12 in scoring last season. He's mature, he's a little older, he's 22 years old, but he adds immediate uh, contributions to the Wizards on both sides of the floor. Uh, plus defender on that side, also super athletic. He's a true lob threat. He's a guy that's not gonna need a lot of coaching when he comes in, he's gonna be able to get some substantial minutes in the team that needs to win now, especially with Bradley Beal. Contavious Caldwell, Pope, Kristaps Porzingis. The older guys they have on this team, they need to take a leap now, and he's going to be the guy at that position that's most uh, capable of adding that to their roster this instant at that position. Wow, Faji, what a shocker here. Ochai Akbaji jumping up to 10. Did not see this one coming, but, you know, they always talk about those players that are on championship teams going early. I, I think that might have been part of the reason he got drafted here at 10. I think it was. Look, I think that probably put a lot of shine on him. But, you know, there's always been that knock on seniors. I mean, look, he's older. So maybe he's more NBA ready. I mean, we're talking about Gonzaga. Uh, the Wizards took, you know, roll the dice on, on um, Corey Kispert out of Gonzaga, who was a senior last year. So mm -hmm. they're doing it again over here. But Baji, look, here's the thing. A little bit, maybe, you know, a little undersized. About 6'5 at the two guard. But he's got a long wingspan. So this guy can flat out score. I wonder if his game will translate to the NBA. Remains to be seen, but a very good three-point shooter for sure. 
Yeah, I think this kind of feels similar to the Kings taking Davion Mitchell last year, going for an experienced guy that just won the championship. I, I don't hate the pick. I was a little bit surprised by it because I was. I don't think a lot of people had him in the top 10. But, you know, Agbaji going there, it's, it's interesting. So let's move on now to the New York Knicks. Man, this is a tough one here. I don't know what the Knicks do here. They're on the clock. They need a point guard, in my opinion, which, like we talked about already, teams that need point guards, there's just not a lot of options here in this top 14, top 15. So um, outside of Jaden Ivey, of course. So looking at this team here, Fachi, with Mitchell Robinson uh, set to hit free agency, do you think they go center here or do you think they stay with a guard? They very well could, and I don't th- – uh, for center, and I yeah. don't think it's a reach for Jalen Duren at this point. No. Look, you're coming around pick 11. I mean, I think it's a great value pick. Mitchell Robinson, someone who's battled injury history before, I think that just – from an offensive standpoint, it's just not there. I don't know what it will be. He's a guy that just lives in the paint. Good shot blocker. But I think you're going to be getting more with Jalen Duran as his career goes on. But also, you know, like you mentioned with point guard. Man, they've been searching for a point guard for a few decades now. And I, I can't guarantee that you're going to find one at pick 11. So a guy like Johnny Davis could definitely be in the running. But also, Jalen Duran has to be a serious candidate here. Yeah. Do you, Who do you think is the best player on the board at this point? Best player on the board, it might be Jalen Duran. It yeah. really might. Yeah, I have Jalen Duran just, just a notch above Johnny Davis, but those are my next two guys. So we'll see what the New York Knicks do. The pick is in, Fachi. Let's see what the Knicks do. Here. With the 11th pick, the New York Knicks select Johnny Davis out of Wisconsin. 6'5 shooting guard, really a two-way impact player. You look at the offensive end of the floor, he's a really good shot creating guard, really can get to his shot at really any spot. Three level scorer, can get to the rim, mid-range pull up, three pointers in progress, but I think he's a better shooter than the number showed at Wisconsin, just giving him the shot difficulty that he had to intake with the rest of that roster. And then you go over to the defensive end. He's a really bulldog defender. He never really tires out. He's always giving 100% effort. And it was really impressive to watch him play defense, especially given that large offensive burden he had to handle. Uh, I think Tibbs will love him from day one. I think he'll earn minutes on this team. And I really like his fit alongside Emmanuel Quickly and RJ Barrett. I think it would be a really good building block to add to this young core. And I'd be happy if he was there at 11 for the New York Knicks. Okay, there it is, Fachi. Johnny Davis and Jalen Duren now continues to slide. I think Oklahoma City Thunder could be a team that takes him, but let's talk about Johnny Davis here real quick to the New York Knicks. What do you like about this? Look, Johnny Davis can flat out hoop. He can score. He can play defense. It it is a really good pick. I'm a little Mm. bit lower on Johnny Davis than some others, but I was lower on Johnny Davis at pick six. When you're talking about pick 11, it's phenomenal value. I think this is someone that is going to be a hard worker from day one. Next, you got RJ Barrett over there. I think that this is a great addition to what they have going on. This feels like a perfect fit with Tom Thibodeau. Johnny Davis was Wisconsin basketball last year. Let's yep. just be honest. He put that team on his back and he carried them. Big 10 player of the year. So Johnny Davis, to me, this is a guy that offensively, he's a mid-range player. He could work on that, extend it out to the three-point line a little bit more. But I don't think that's going to really matter with Tibbs' offense. So I think where you're going to really like Johnny Davis here is his defensive upside. This guy is a flat-out, tenacious defender who is not afraid of any moment. So I think the Knicks got themselves a really good player here, really good value at 11. Now let's pivot a little bit to the Oklahoma City Thunder. They're on the clock here, pick number 12, Jacob Niffen back on the clock. What do you think they do here with this pick? This is tough. You know, they, they snagged Jabari Smith Jr. at pick two. So I, I feel like that was that was great value. You know, you get your power forward of the future. Uh, you're, already, you're already pretty good at guard. So I think if you could find a three right over here, it would be great. You know, when looking at, at the threes that are available, Usman Dieng comes to mind. But yeah. then also, you know, after that, there's kind of a little bit of a drop-off. There are a few other guards, if that's what they still wanted to do. Now, in terms of a point guard, look, it's not that much of a reach to take a tie tie Washington over here, but I don't know if you necessarily need another no. point guard. So at this point, man, do you want to do you want to dip into the G League? A guy that you know we're not hearing you know too much about that we, we heard from earlier um, is is uh, G Montero from the Overtime Elite. That that's someone that could be in the running as well, right. but. That's it too that's too of, early for him. It could be a reach. It really could, but I know they want guards. And hey, 
guards, they, they were kind of flying off the board a little bit recently. There's not that many great guards left. Yeah, I mean, it's really interesting with Oklahoma City Thunder because, look, they've got Jabari Smith now. They've got Josh Giddy, And, of course, they've got SGA. You look at Lou Dort being on his final year in his contract. What position do they need? I think they need a center. I think Jalen Duren, best player on the board, makes the most sense here for him, especially with that upside, Fachi. I mean, just think about the potential upside with those two defenders, Jabari Smith and Jalen Duren, anchoring that backcourt or that frontcourt, excuse me. My biggest question is, do they want to, you know, bank on a guy like this or, or do they want to take a risk on an Usman Dieng? Someone from New Zealand that we talked about has a lot of potential upside. Oklahoma City Thunder, I think they're going to tank once again this season looking for Victor Wimbenyama next year, hoping to hit the lottery with him. So to me, this seems like a, a pick where they might pick it for the future, hoping that a guy that they get in this year's draft hits later. And that's that's what I feel. I feel that they're always looking long-term play. Who could develop in a couple of years? Mm-hmm. That's why Usman really makes a lot of sense here. Jalen Duran, look, at some point, the OKC, they need to find a center. They really yeah. do. So this could be the time with Jalen Duran, but it's got to be between Duran and Usman right now. Absolutely. Well, the pick is in. Let's do the Oklahoma City Thunder take here with the 12th overall pick. Hey, everybody. Jacob Niffin here again with the Uncontested Podcast to make selection 12 for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And at this spot, we will select Usman Jang from France playing in the NBL for the New Zealand Breakers. Jang is a six foot ten. Ball handling forward, he is very young and has a lot of upside. This pick fits into Oklahoma City's wheelhouse for multiple reasons. Jang is tall. He is versatile, especially defensively. He can handle the ball. He is an adept passer, has a high feel for the game, a high basketball IQ. And the Thunder have targeted international players over the past few drafts. When you look at guys like Teo Maladon, Alexei Pokashevsky and Josh Giddy. Usman Jang will be another foreign player that the Thunder will target. Plus the age and upside here. He is very young, has a chance to grow in this Thunder rebuild. We're going to take Usman Jang here and hope that in the Thunder incubator, where he can take time to grow and really focus on his game, he will turn into an impact player in the future. Okay, Fachi, there it is. Usman Diang off the board for the Oklahoma City Thunder. What are your thoughts on this pick? In my gut, it just kind of felt right. I mean, some yeah. people could say it could be a little bit of a reach just because look, the, the guy's coming over from New, New Zealand and, and, you know, maybe he didn't play college basketball or anything like that. But I think that he's someone that could translate well over time. Yes, he shot sub 40% over there. Three-point shooting is not there at 27%. But this is someone that fits the OKC timeline of Mm. being able to progress as time goes on. Freshly turned 19. His birthday was just about last week. So super young. I think as it relates to small forwards, I I put him in that top three small forward of this draft. Yeah, no, he's he's an intriguing prospect for sure. I like this pick for OKC. I think Deang is going to be someone to keep an eye out for for the future. But let's pivot now to the Charlotte Hornets here with the 13th pick. Obviously, in the playing game, once again, did not win that playing game. They lost to the Atlanta Hawks in blowout fashion. They've got some questions heading into the offseason. Miles Bridges is up for restricted free agency. He's looking for a max deal. P.J. Washington in the final year of his contract next year. But, of course, same with Mason Plumley and uh, Kelly Oubre. So they've got some potential here to really add some players. They want to get better, but they have needed a center for a very long time. This, to me, feels like it's fallen perfectly for them to get Jalen Duran at pick 13. The Hornets need a center like we need air. I mean, they have really been talking about trying to find their, their big man for, for years now. I mean, they're always calling us up about Miles Turner and knocking on other people's doors, taking the uh, flyer on Montrez Harrell. At some point, you yeah. got to find your guy. I think Jalen Duran here makes a ton of sense. Yeah, let me ask you this, because obviously the Cleveland Cavaliers are pick 14 right behind them. The Cavaliers already have Jared Allen, Evan Mobley, Kevin Love. They do not need a center. Do you think that maybe they try to sneak in here and draft somebody else to get ahead of Cleveland that Cleveland might like? And knowing they have pick 15 right after the Cavs, wait to pick a center then. Very great point right over there. 
super intriguing. You know, they, they got PJ Washington, but I don't know how sold they are on PJ Washington. So they could take a look at a four over here. You know, there are still some good fours left in the draft right now. There, there's Terry Eason, Jeremy Sohan. I, I feel like there's, there's some really good talent between those two players if they don't want to do that. But you made a great point. Chances are Cleveland's not drafting another center at pick 14. Yeah, so let's see what they do here. The pick is in. Let's do the Charlotte Hornets take with pick 13. With the 13th pick in the 2022 NBA draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Jeremy Sohan. The Charlotte Hornets are in dire need of point of attack, defensive help, and assistance. Sohan, a freshman from Baylor, brings defensive versatility, on-ball defense, help-side defense, team defense, and would be an asset for a place of roster construction that is direly needed in Charlotte. Sohan also projects to be an effective offensive player, although the shooting needs to come around. He's a playmaker and is just a, a very smooth athlete that can help with Charlotte's roster. They do not take a center. They go with the upside swing here, look to get better defensively, get Jeremy Sohan from Baylor. This Hornets team wants to make the playoffs soon, so... I think Sohan could come in right away and be that defensive, you know, not game changer, but that defensive, you know, stopper they're hoping to eventually get on this team. Whew, everybody knows they need it because one thing Charlotte wasn't doing is playing defense. They could <laughs> score a ton of points, but they could not stop anyone. So I like this pick a lot because it was a major need for Charlotte. Yeah, it's a high upside swing for them at 13. Obviously, there's been some talk that Sohan could go in the top 10. So with him falling to 13, I think it makes sense here for the Hornets to go out and get him, even though I think they still need a center. Obviously, they have Kai Jones, who they drafted last year, a center they have you know a little bit of hope in that he can become something out of Texas. But at the same time, Mason Plumlee, it just is not a guy that you can rely on as a starting center to really get you any further in the playoffs. So let's move on here with our last pick of the lottery. The Cleveland Cavaliers are on the clock. What do you think they do here with our final pick? Well, we discussed earlier, I don't think they're taking a center. So Jalen Duran is, is going to keep falling down the board. So that's going to be interesting. Man, if you're the Cavs, I mean, how sold are you really on what, what Karis LeVert brought to the table? Are you going to look for another guard here? I mean, this is where you could reach on a guard. I, I think right now you still got to figure out that Colin Sexton situation. So right now, until they figure that out, look, Kevin Love going into his final year. I mean, I think it may might make a lot of sense to go with Terry Eason over here. I think he's the best available for in this draft. Yeah, I mean, they've they could go really intriguing here because Terry Eason, I think at times you could maybe play him out there instead of Laurie Markinen with that big lineup. And I think defensively he's shown some things. I'm surprised Och uh, Ochai is not here. This is a guy that I thought made perfect sense for them. A plug and player, a plug and play player right away. I'm just thinking, you know, Terry Easton is a guy that I really like, so I could see them going that route. But what about a guy that's in their back, uh, right there back at home, Malachi Bram? You know, this is a guy that I think could be that guy off the bench that can get some buckets for you, give you some insurance, because you know Karis LeVert's not going to be able to stay healthy. No, no, he's definitely struggled with that. And, look, I, I would like Malachi over there. I'm sure they're very familiar with their with his game. I'm sure someone's, you know, seen him on a, you know, a, a familiar basis. So right over there, I, I don't like the – I mean, I don't hate the pick at all. Malachi or Terry East, in my opinion. All right, Pachi. Well, let's see who they pick. The pick is in for the Cleveland Cavaliers here at pick 14. Hey, yo, what's crack-a-lacking? It's Evan Damerell here, co-host of Locked On Cavs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, editor-in-chief and owner of Facebook Bulletins right down Euclid. But for this mock draft with the 14th pick, I picked on behalf of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and we ended up going with LSU forward Terry Eason. The Cavs are a bit of a weird team. They play bigger. They started Larry Mark into three last year, and I think Eason, if they want to keep that mindset and mentality going, could fit in more realistically as a long-term three for Cleveland if they want to play him in that spot. And... If you also just look at Boston in the playoffs this year, Grant Williams has been a killer for them. And if you're a team like Cleveland who likes to play big, kind of like the Celtics do, I think having a Grant Williams-like player that you can grow and develop long-term could really help. And Eason's defensive upside and just his upside in general is just too enticing to pass up at 14. 
Okay, Fachi, that closes out our lottery mock draft here. The Cavaliers select Terry Eason, power forward out of LSU. I think this is a really good pick for them. Good upside pick. I think they're going to continue to play well. We'll see if they're able to make the playoffs this year, but they were so close to making the playoffs just one, you know, a couple shots away from beating that Brooklyn uh, Nets team and that Atlanta Hawks team. So what do you think about Terry Eason? I think Terry Eason is one of the players that benefited the most from coming back to college last year. I think he really changed his game, and I think he showed a lot. I mean, this is someone that averaged 17 points per game, 6.6 .6 rebounds, but it doesn't really show the full story. He was extremely efficient from the field. I mean, he, he's bringing a lot of great qualities. Alex, he's 6'8 with a 7'2 wingspan at the four. Yeah. You got to love that. Yeah, that's why I haven't projected. I think I think you know, like top six or seven on my big board because I love the upside here with Terry Eason. I don't think he had a great pro day. It wasn't great at the draft combine, but he was good, just not great. And I think that did set him back a little bit here. So real quick, just to recap the lottery, Fachi, what do you think was the most surprising pick you saw? I got to say Agbaji. Um, where Agbaji went in, in this draft, I think was just a, a big surprise. As I picked 10 to the Washington Wizards, I think that's when things got uh, – you know, that, that's a little unpredictable. Yeah, I I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm surprised Jalen Dern did not get picked in the lottery. This is a guy that everything that I've looked at has him mocked in the lottery. So that'll be interesting to see what happens with him. But let me ask you this. Out of all these picks that were made, which pick do you like the most for the, for, you know, the team that drafted him? This is tough. I mean, obviously, it's easy to like the, the picks that happened in the beginning of the draft. Man, I, I think uh, I think I like the Spurs the Spurs pick um, the best at uh, at pick nine. Uh, AJ Griffin. At AJ nine. Griffin at nine. I think was a great value pick. Mm -hmm. I, I think the one that's the most interesting to me is probably Portland getting Shaden Sharp. Him falling out of the top six. Portland going in there, swinging away, taking Shaden Sharp, going with the upside. Does he fit their culture and their team right now? Probably not, but the options that they'll have with the cap space, with the Eric Bledsoe contract, with Shaden Sharp, you know, being a mystery guy like we've talked about, that's really interesting. And I also really like Dyson Daniels' fit with the Pelicans. I think he's going to be a perfect fit, a guy that can help them right away. Yeah, I mean, both, both good picks, you know, a lot of fun. I'm very excited to see how this all unfolds once these players hit the court. I think the Knicks got a good one in Johnny Davis at 11 as well. Just great value compared with, you know, a really good player in those spots. So, hey, am I biased and do I love what Indiana did at pick six? Yes, I do. Well, you made the pick. I would hope you love it. That I do. Benedict Matherin, man, I think he's going to look good in a Pacers jersey. And <laughs> while it was hard to pass over Shaden Sharp, I was torn uh, because Sharp could fit that Pacers timeline. There's something about Benedict Matherin where I feel like he can make an impact from day one. Absolutely, Fachi. Well, we want to thank everybody so much for tuning in to the 2022 Setting the Pace NBA Mock Draft. We only did the top 14 teams, so hope you guys enjoyed it. And we'll be back later this week for more episodes of Setting the Pace. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.